0: Hello, everyone. I decided that I really need to get to the point the most about sex. And here are things that should never be overlooked when it comes to sex. SSC, safe, sane, and consensual. Here are the scene negotiations, okay? So I repeat, SSC, safe, sane, and consensual. It is held with the focus on the sanity for safety and consent of the bottom. Although considered best among all, the top has many limits as they are to abide to the consent of the partner and our partners and should not do anything that can risk the safety of the partner and our partners, even if that is being desired. This limitation is something that is undesired by many as they want better power exchange between them with more power for the top. So this is what I want to communicate is that all sex should be safe, sane, and consensual, whether it's conventional sex, vanilla sex, if you will, or unconventional sex, kinky, freaky sex, okay? So this also applies to BDSM plays and the types of BDSM plays, okay? So all sex should be enthusiastically safe, enthusiastically sane, and enthusiastically consensual. RAC, risk-aware consensual kink. This is technically a replacement of SSC and allows the activities that are prohibited by SSC for being unsafe with respect to sanity. The basic concept is that as far as the practitioners are aware of the risk involved, they should go for the activities. However, true consent is the major requirement. This one can allow more set of activities, but psychologically in this one, the bottom has more power as the activities are solely based on the bottom's needs. It was made based on the aspect that most activities in kink cannot be 100% safe. We have to take some risk. So the focus here is on risk awareness and not on the safety based on sanity. More and more practitioners have started to call their call their call themselves RAC instead of SSC. However, outside the BS out let me slow down. It was made on the aspect that most activities in Kink cannot be one hundred percent safe and we have to take some risk. So the focus here is on risk awareness and not on the safety based on sanity. More and more practitioners have started to call themselves rack instead of SSC. However, outside the BDSM community, SSC is the most popular one to define the ideology of kinksters. So as you know, I'm a kinkster. And so an aspect of my safe with enthusiasm, same with enthusiasm and consent with enthusiasm, sex, my SSC is there's risk aware consensual kink within my SSC. So there's rack within my safe, sane and consensual. So I have safe, sane, and consensual sex, and I have risk aware consensual kink sex. So I'm SSC and Rack. Next one. Prick. Personal responsibility informed consensual kink. Somewhat new and unpopular term prick is an extension of rack. Which only adds a single clause to rack, while keeping everything else saying that both the that all the partners involved are responsible for their own actions. This is more like risk transfer from top to bottom. Which suggests mainly that when a bottom has consent and agrees for an activity. They are responsible for the activities and not the top who is actually the practitioner of the activity. In this term, bottom has more power than top as compared to rack. Although much similar to rack, the satisfaction in the mind of top allows better activities due to lesser risk involved for themselves. For many, the usage of prick does not make sense also because of the literal meaning of prick. Well, within my safe, sane, and consensual sex, there is... There is personal responsibility informed consensual kink, so I do have personal responsibility informed consensual kink sex. So there's rack and prick within my SSC. Lastly, CCC, committed compassionate consensual, very recently introduced term. CCC has also. Excuse me. Sorry for that. CCC committed, compassionate, consensual. Very recently introduced term. CCC has also become popular in some small groups of BDSM. What all the other three BDSM guidelines lack, CCC has, but obviously for lesser security, I'm sorry, CCC has, but obviously for lesser security for the bottom. CCC is technically the maximum power exchange from bottom to top and is more appropriate for TPE Total power exchange or 24-7 relationships rather than the session activities with professionals or short-term group slash couples. In this, instead of bottoms desires and required activities, only unwanted undesired activities are defined. In other sense, only heart limits are disclosed. Then top choose slash decides all the activities when and what Themselves, even safe words are not permitted. This true power exchange is desired by many, but the risks involved in this are very high. However, some open discussions can be conducted for the changes in heart limits so that it remains in the boundaries of consensuality, which is the base of BDSM. CCC sounds very easy and satisfactory for most but very few people can actually go for it. As soon as they realize the risk is associated and the difficulties of handling the situations properly, they quickly revert to any of the three other concepts and adopt them appropriately. So within my SSC, there is CCC, Committed, Compassionate, Consensual, okay? So I do have Committed, Compassionate, Consensual sex. So I have, so my safe, sane and consensual sex, has risk-aware consensual kink-rack type of sex, personal responsible, informed consensual kink-prick type of sex, committed compassionate consensual CCC type of sex, okay? So those are my sexy negotiations, whether they're BDSM or not. And so I'm glad that we were able to talk about that. And so now I want to mention more of what's on my heart about sex, okay? So I was able to talk to my best friend and we both agreed that sexual likes should be consistently done with enthusiasm when it comes to all the sex partners involved. And all the sexual dislikes should be consistently not done and ever done with enthusiasm when it comes to all the sex partners involved, too. And we have to honor each other's sexual likes and dislikes everywhere all the time when it comes to all the sex partners involved when it comes to the sex. And I've really had to um, understand and learn that when it comes to me, that all the sex that I like to have, and I um, really like to be honest about this, is, Is that my CCC are all enthusiastic, my rack are all enthusiastic, and my prick are all enthusiastic? Okay, I wanted to just state those things, and you know what those um, initials and letters mean. So let me keep going. I think also when it comes to sex for real, that. It's okay to do check-ins with each other. Don't pretend that you're comfortable or you're uncomfortable. Be honest about it with love and respect in your heart. And that whoever your partner and their partners are, they should honor it and be willing to make healthy sexual accommodations, reasonable sexual accommodations too. And these should be the same people that should value what is right for you. And they sh- and you should also do that for them too. Honor each, make healthy sexual accommodations and reasonable sexual accommodations for each other. That also means taking your time to recognize that, hey, we're all fully human and we're all full-fledged human beings, so we all should have to treat each other when it comes to sex, and see each other comes to sex with humanity humanely. Um, I really um, do think that's how sex is supposed to be. To be, and so a lot of times, um, when it comes to sex too, there is a sin. that we always are in the mindfulness in the present moment when it comes to sex also because we have to make sure we get sexual social cues. And let me explain more because I said a lot about in other episodes. What I mean is don't rush sex. Sex is not about divide and conquer sex should be all things medium the speed the time and the duration the Movements, the word plays, the bodily communication. Those are the things, when I say media, I'm saying that it should be pretty much. Well-situated, well-relaxed, and the sceneries are well, the activities are well, the acts are well. And that's what I wanted to share with you all. Is that, well, also when I think of sex, and I really, really want to talk about this from my heart. I think sex should always be soothing and smooth. I'm not saying you can't have rough sex. I'm not saying that you can't be healthily, sexually aggressive. You can be those things, and rough sex can be healthy. What I'm saying is the way that it starts, the way that it ends, and what happens in between, you know, the during. And so that's what I am referring to. And so that's what i'm absolutely uh thankful for um hmm. i'm just very deep deep thought thinking as i'm talking because there's so much to say on this subject absolutely um with sex, we have to pay attention to people's breath, uh, breathing. We have to pay attention to the who's of sex, the what's of sex, the how's of sex, the when's of sex, the why's of sex, the where's of sex, the witches of sex, s. We have to pay attention to heart conditioning. We have to pay attention to health concerns. Um, We have to pay attention to um, the inner lives, the soul of the person when it comes to sex. Um, we have to pay attention to what we're thinking and feeling and saying and doing when it comes to sex we have to pay attention to how we think how we say um, how we feel how we do when it comes to sex we have think about all things our minds and hearts and souls and bodies and memories when it comes to sex and the Reasons, reasoning behind all those key parts of sex. Okay. Um, We have to focus on the sensations that we're giving each other to make sure that it's healthy. Um, We have to make sure that when it comes to sex that we have to pay attention to the affects and the effects of sex. We have to pay attention to the impact and the impartation that sex entails. And so those are the things that I truly, truly value. And another thing that I want to say about sex is if don't do something sexually that you're not enthusiastic about, don't acquiesce to a person by doing a sex act too fast, don't have sex too fast. Don't have sex too slow. And don't do the sex acts too slow that they want you to do. If you don't want to do it, don't feel like you have to make a haste acquiescing because without enthusiasm, the sex could not be sex, but it could be rape. So be careful. And when it comes to sex, what I've learned is, is that um, sex is more than an act. Sex is more than activity. Sex is, um, all sex should be heart-centered, compassionate, love-centered, uh, soul-centered, mind-centered, uh, memories-centered in terms of make sure we have healthy memories. It should be good heart-centered, um, Good soul-centered, uh, compassion, love-centered, again, I say. And it should be healthily, wholesomely, pleasuring, body-centered. It should be good mind-centered. That's how sex should be. And so I'm really thankful to talk about this. Because a lot of times, many people, um, don't consider these things when it comes to sex, and it's very, very unfortunate, um, Okay, so. Here's more. It says the Nada checklist negotiation sheet for BDSM bottoms by Tornus. I'm a big fan of the fantastic one page organization checklist created by. Ida Moth of the Flame. It's a sync well organized, does a great job of summarizing what you actually need to know during casual pickup play. I found though that this sheet doesn't really meet my needs when I'm negotiating with a new partner, especially someone who's fairly new to kink. What I really want is not so much a list of activities, but rather a peek inside the head what makes them tick, what should it, and what would it take to make them tick. Here's the first stab of creating the tool that I've been looking for, but I haven't found. It's primarily meant for bottoms and is doubtless more than a little it is hopefully you'll find it to be of some use this isn't meant to be a checklist don't go down the page putting ones and fours and no's next to each line or circle things in red and green ink rather look at this as a collection of ideas that may be useful to you in understanding yourself that you may want your partners to know about you Rather than giving your partner a filled-in version of this list, consider giving them a short list of the sentences that most resonate for you. Now, obviously, feel free to add slash modify sentences as you see fit. What I want from this play session, I just want a fun play session. I want to connect with you. I want to try something new to see if I like it. I want to do something once to say I've done it. I want to learn slash practice a new skill. I'm looking for catharsis. This scene will be a success for me if... Fundamentally, I want you to do what I want. It's important to me that you do what you want without worrying about what I like. I'm nervous about. So those are things that people have to talk about when it comes to sex. And when it says well, I want to do something let's say I've done it, make sure that's a good thing instead of a bad thing. What I want between us, well, we play, then we're done. I'm looking for an occasion. I'm looking for an occasional slash ongoing play partner. I'm looking for a relationship. I'm secretly auditioning you as a play partner slash lover. Well, as long as there's no treachery involved and no torment involved, this sex should be free of unlawful torture, then it should all be good. When we're done, I'll see you later. Let's snuggle and chat. I want to spend the night pampering. I want to express my gratitude by call slash text slash email me the next day. So these are conversations people need to be having sexually. How you treat me. I want you to be loving slash rough slash gentle slash angry slash mocking slash strict slash demanding with me. Now, what I'm about to say also next is not true for all sex partners. But if this applies to you, don't let it fly. Capture and seize this, okay? I like it when you call me slut and whore, but don't call me bitch or cunt. Some people, that's how they are. Some people will say, call me bitch or cunt, but not slut and whore. And then there's some people who say, call me slut, whore, bitch, and cunt. Not saying it to say it, but this is reality, people. I want you to praise me. Tell me I'm beautiful slash strong slash sexy. Make me earn your approval. I need you to be always confident and control. I need to see your human side. Treat me like your equal. Keep me guessing off balance. Don't play games with me. Now you have some people who... Like to be on balance, and they don't like guessing and make me on your approval that should be sexual role play. you should never have sex for approval or acceptance, but as long as it's in the sexual role play and it's you know all sex should honor of consent laws that's absolutely mandatory um then it all and it all should be good it all should be good um What happens in my head? I want to feel beautiful, slash exposed, slash vulnerable, slash safe, slash competent, slash in control, slash love, slash sexy, slash desired, slash powerful, slash afraid, slash overwhelmed. I want to stay present in control. I want to not have to be in control for a while. When play gets intense, I could become nonverbal when that happens. I need sometimes get triggered by you can recognize it by when it happens. I need I do slash don't want to know what's coming next. I want to prove how tough I am. Now, when these things happen, these should all be in the confines of enthusiastic sexual role play. You should never have sex to feel good about yourself or be self-confident. Healthy self-esteemers is what makes sex really wonderful, is that they love themselves, you love yourself, so when you have all the sex partners involved loving themselves, that really makes sex... Fabulous. Um, so remember, these are all in the confines of sexual role plays. i enthusiastic. It's good. And it says pain hurt me. Hurt me till I cry slash scream slash beg for mercy. You know, I've had enough when I, I want pain that's predictable and manageable. I don't I only want certain kinds of pain. I, I do slash don't want pain during sex. So as long as no laws are broken and as long as the person is not unnecessarily harmed, Those are the things that are really, really important. Intimacy. I want our play to be fun, but let's keep your distance. I want our play to feel intimate. I want to cuddle slash kiss slash makeup. I want to get to know you as a person. I want you to touch me intimate, but non sexual ways. Like when you stroke my hair, kiss my forehead. Then it says sex. I want our play to have sexual energy, but I don't want to have sex. I want to have sex. I might want to have sex in the future, but not this time. It's important to me that I have an orgasm. It's important to me that you have an orgasm. In order to reach orgasm, I need a vibrator slash to have my legs straight slash to go inside my own head. After I have an orgasm, I want more orgasm slash a quiet cuddle slash to serve you slash hard fucking slash I'm embarrassed about having an orgasm in front of you. It can be hard for me to reach orgasm. I need you to keep at it until I come. It can be hard for me to reach orgasm. Don't pressure me to come. I likely won't have an orgasm and that's okay. Dominance and submission. I want you to dominate me. I want to submit to you voluntarily. Force me to submit to you. Tell me what to do with your word slash by force. I want to be a brat slash a good... Whatever your gender is. And I mean that respectfully slash slave. Um, I want you to be strict and demanding slash loving slash supportive coach. I want a clear start and finish to our... Dominance slash submission. I want an ongoing dominance slash admission connection with you. I do slash don't want our dominant slash mission to be strictly limited to our playtime. Put a collar slash leash on me. How you feel about me? I want you to love slash value slash need me slash like me. I want you to be proud of me. I want to feel safe slash own slash use slash exposed, vulnerable with you. I want to be your slut slash toy slash pet slash prized possession. Punishment and training. Punish me for something I did in real life. Punish me for something make believe. I want to work for your approval, knowing that I only get it if I succeed. I want to work for your approval, secure in the knowledge that I will succeed. Train me. Your disapproval slash disappointment would be painful and damaging to me. Punish me, but don't be fair with me. So, sex. People should be proud of each other when it comes to sex. And just in general. And people should feel loved, valued, needed, and liked, and respected, and cherished, and honored, and appreciated when it comes to sex. And just in general. Okay, consensual, non-consent, slash rape play. Rape play isn't sexy to me. Don't go there. Quote, unquote, rape me. We're talking about sexual role play. We're not mocking the crime and the pure evil. Use real, slash, make believe force. I want to fight you and have a chance of winning. I want to fight you, but I want to lose eventually. I want to feel physically overwhelmed by you. Parent, slash, little, ill. No, seriously, not for me. Be my loving slash strict slash mean slash bad slash indulgent slash protective parent. My little persona is blank years old when I'm a little. I need, I want. So some people at BDSM play where they reenact things, but everybody's of age. And so as long as everybody's of age and they do what they do, then um, that's the thing to focus on. And even with rape play, everybody's of age when it actually happens, what actually happens. So think about that. Humiliation slash degradation slash objectification slash shame. Humiliate me for wanting it. Show me how hard slash wet I am. I wanna be mocked slash teased slash taunted. Break me, break me, then put me back together again. Humiliate me, but don't call me fat slash ugly slash words slash stupid. Make me act Lex. Beg for what I want. Now, some people like to be called fat, ugly, worthless, stupid. Some people do. So, um, I'm just being honest now. So, yes, I do wanted to reiterate, um, that. There's Loving BDSM, Kinky Fuckery, Safety, and BDSM Understanding, SSC, Rack and Prick. So, by Kayla Lores, published May 2nd, 2018, update October 26, 2018. As much fun as BDSM can be in or out of a D-slash-S dominant-slash-admissive relationship, it's also inherently risky. We fuck with each other's minds and bodies in ways that take us to the edge of our limits and our physical and mental comfort. If you want to get really super freaky with it, we suck with each other's minds and bodies in ways that take us to the edge of our limits and our physical and mental comfort also. Thinking about safety as a kinkster is extremely important. There are three common safety philosophies in BDSM, SSC, rack and prick. Like everything else we do in kink, the one you follow is up to you. Plenty of people, John Brownstone and myself, go to stay with the old school, safe, sane and consensual, but it's definitely not the only method. Whatever you choose to follow, you need to understand what it means and how it relates to you and your potential partners. Ultimately, you need to choose what whatever speaks to your style and philosophy about safety. Safe, sane, and consensual or SSC. SSC, most commonly known as safe, sane, and consensual, is the original in terms of keeping your kinky fuckery on the right path. Or kinky suckery on the right path. For those of us who follow SSC, we ask ourselves three questions. Is our kinky thing safe to do? Is it a sane thing to do? Do we consent to it? Those are questions that people have to ask when it comes to all sexual concerns. All sexual questions should be asked and requested. In order, to, in order for SSC to work, But all partners involved have to agree on what's safe and what's sane and what's consensual. This works wonderfully when you and your partner and our partners are on the same page, feel the same way about things, and have a similar worldview on kink and or kinks. When you don't, it can lead to confusion, which is where good communication comes in. But if SS, but if SSC doesn't work for you or feels too vague, you've got other options. Risk-aware consensual kink or rack. Rack or risk-aware consensual kink was created as a response to those who felt that SSC was too damn vague and confusing. Whose version of safe or sane are we talking about? What if I think something is insane, but you think it's perfectly rational? Who wins that argument? Interact, which lays things out more specifically. Risk aware. Simply put, you're aware of the risk, but I'd say it should go further than that. You should be able to name said risk and know how to prevent them. Consensual. Everyone is on board with what you're about to do or what you're currently doing. Kink the thing, the things, activities, power exchange, scene or moment. Your kinky fuckery your kinky suckery. If you're new to rack but you like it, use this like a checklist. Can you name the risk? Are you all able to affirm your consent to one another? Do you understand exactly what events slash activities is about to take place? Personal responsibility informed consensual kink or prick. You're not a prick if you follow prick because I'm sure no one has ever heard that joke before. Am I right? Prick is the next evolution beyond rack. It stands for personal responsibility informed consensual kink and was developed as a response to make it clear that all kinksters should take personal responsibility for their kinks. Informed means or implies that you understand what is about to happen, risk and all. Consensual kink is what we're all looking for. The the, the idea being that if you take personal responsibility for yourself and you're informed, now you can have some consensual kinks. We're not going to tell you which one is the right one to follow. Many kinksters feels very strong about their Safety protocols, whether it's SSC rack or prick, which leads to some heated debates. Try to keep the conversations respectful and non-heated is the best way to go. Talk of, talking about the merits and the shortcomings of each philosophy are fine, preferred even, but we shall be free to choose what works best for us. So I want to say this on record: I have enthusiastic rack. I have enthusiastic rack sex. I have enthusiastic risk-aware consensual kink sex. I have enthusiastic uh, and prick, I have enthusiastic prick sex. I have enthusiastic, personal responsibility informed, consensual kink sex. And I say it again, I have enthusiastic, safe, sane, and consensual, I have enthusiastic, safe, sane, and consensual sex. I do. So I have enthusiastic SSC sex. I have enthusiastic rack sex, and I have enthusiastic prick sex. All right. So, let's talk about the basics of negotiating a BDSM scene. It can be terrifying approaching a dominant and asking them to play with you. The butterflies in your belly can make it very difficult to take that first step. It can be even worse if you, all the partners involved don't negotiate the scenes to get what you want out of it, and they do too. Negotiating... A scene is different than negotiating a relationship. I'll be covering the play negotiation in this essay. Um, Negotiating play is vital for new players or for those who have never played together. Once you get to know someone, you can likely forego some negotiation for spontaneity unless you have something you'd really like to experience. But situations like play parties and more casual encounters will require you to have some negotiation skills employed. When you are ready to negotiate with someone, have in mind what you would like to experience. You could be as specific as you like to be. Express what turns you on and what things you have tried in the past that really did it for you. Tell them your limits. And if you don't know your limits, it's best to go back to do your checklist again. It will give you a clue as to what you can and can't do as well as things that aren't appealing. And make sure that your maybes are fully explored. So if if you're open... Fine. If it didn't work out, that's okay. If it did, that's okay. No one should be ashamed for what does and does not work out well. Negotiating pre scene can include arrangement of roles. Deciding who will be the top and the bottom may be a given if you don't have fluid role preferences. Switch and identify as completely top or bottom. Person, personally, I'm a switch and I'm a versatile. But even so, if one of you is a switch, like me, or if you are a bottom but enjoy surface topping, make sure it's clear who will be giving and who will be receiving during the scene. Discuss if there will be the participation of any other observers. Rarely the audience could be involved as barriers if you're going to be rough, secondary tops or service submissives that provide additional support for pl- or play. Talk about the way you will address one another. And again, that provide additional support or play. Keep that in mind. Talk about the way you will address one another. Never assume that a top must be called by a title. Often using your preferred name is enough. Expectations and needs of all partners involved. The likes and dislikes of submissive and dominant partners and the ability to fill each other's needs is important to establish for a scene. You don't have to go through an entire list. It is unlikely you're going to do a bunch of things, so keep your likes and dislikes limited scope to what you might be interested in during the scene. If you're planning a spanking scene, which would be something I would do in real life in terms of giving and receiving, you could say that that you like or dislike different toys. I love sex toys. I love pegging, anal beads, and anal play. And I love to have anal sex giving and receiving, just like I love to have oral sex giving and receiving. If you could say that you like or dislike different toys, need breaks in between hard hits so that you're looking for a partner that will be playful. Limits of the scene. Boundaries are set to define what experience is acceptable within psychological and physical limits. Again, you don't have to go through your whole history. Just what is pertinent to the scene you are planning. If a bondage scene is planned, that's something I would do. For example, you don't need to go into limits related to impact play. I would love to do impact play. Water sports, I would love to do that. or Other things are related to the scene. By the way, I would love to take breaks in between hard hits, and I am playful. Mm -hmm. Discuss where your body are open to sensations. Are you looking for a bottom spanking? Yes. (laughs) A back flogging? Yes. I'm answering the questions for myself. Maybe something on your thighs? Yes. For me, again, I'm answering for myself. Be specific about what locations are available which ones are off limits it's also a good idea to discuss if any contact any contact that isn't from tools is allowed some tops like to touch the area they are playing with with to feel welts the heat and to encourage further sensation i've also played with tops that use it to just connect with the person in the scene so that you just, so that you don't just feel like a slab of meat as a bottom if you need contact Be open about that too and what it looks like. Do you want them to touch you while they spank you? Personally for me, yes. Can they hold you if you seem to be wobbling? I give them permission to do so. Types of play. You should try to be specific about what you're looking for. Express that when asked. It's okay if you don't know what you might like to try, but at least have some idea of what you'd like to do to help potential partners negotiate and connect with you. If you have seen this person play before and it's something you'd like to try, I suggest that. If you've never seen this person play before, ask them what they enjoy doing the most and see if you have common in- common interests. BDSM gear and attire, going along with activities, going along with what activities you plan to try, you should negotiate what tools and tools will be used. This included any restraints, gags, and sex toys. Ooh, I love restraints, gags, and sex toys. Go through all of the available tools and be specific about which you are comfortable with and which you'd like not to use. This is also the time to discuss just how undressed you plan to be. Some people play completely naked, like me, while others prefer to keep undergarments on. I only do that if my partners want that. Because what we want, what the other wants, since we're that sexually compatible and have that... Strong with sexual chemistry. It's all enthusiastic on everybody involved. Even more like to wear fetish gear, such as corsets or leather harnesses, and prefer to wear those during play. I'm open to wearing those attires, too, during play personally. Duration of the scene. If you're at a play party, I would love to attend and participate. You'd likely be playing almost immediately after negotiation, but that's not always the case. Sometimes you or the other person has a dance card and you'll need to set a time to play. This is often easier in advance of the party, but not always practical. Decide how long of a scene you're looking for. Some locations have a time limit for equipment so that everyone who wants to use a particular piece of equipment can. Health concerns. Your potential play partner must know of any health concerns that could impact your scene. Things like allergies to materials such as latex. If you had surgeries that make areas more sensitive, injuries that require modifications in position or bondage in your overall health, can you stand still for the whole scene or do you need to take breaks to sit? What is your range of motion in your limbs? If sexual contact's on the table, do you have STDs and STIs? Are you taking medications that could cause problems like increased bleeding or dizziness? Uh, Safety measures. Whether you are playing publicly or privately, you should be aware of any safety tools needed for the play that interests you. Each scene is unique, but some of the more common safety measures for play are safe words, safety shears for cutting restraints and rope, a first aid kit, emergency contacts lists, fast-dissolving glucose, medical grade, cleaning supplies such as cavicide, a dungeon monitor, sexual contact. BDSM play does not automatically mean sexual contact, so discuss things ahead of time for what is permissible. If contact with genitals allowed for impact or bondage or sexual contact, be clear. If sexual contact is permitted, what safety measures should there be? What kind of contact is okay? Safe words. The best way to communicate that you're reaching your limit or that you're uncomfortable is to use a safe word. Safe words are stop words. They are words or phrases that don't show up in play that tell your partner that you need them to stop or check in immediately. Public play space often have a universal safe word that dungeon, me- that dungeon monitors will be listening for. If you must use a different word, let the dungeon monitor know ahead of time. Ultimately, negotiating a scene will be different each time you play with someone new or someone you are getting to know. Take these suggestions into cons- into consideration next time you want to play so that communication is clear. You get to play you and your partner and their partners will enjoy safely and safer. <laughs> So, I got to keep on. This is the last one, y'all. BDSM Negotiation 101 by Lexual Romance, June 20, 2021. One of the most important aspects of BDSM is negotiation. Because that, the idea of negotiating for the first time can seem very daunting. But it doesn't have to be. Negotiation is a very useful tool when it comes to playing safe, but it can also help you achieve fun, sexy, fulfilling scenes. Why is it important? Although talking out every detail of an intimate encounter isn't always expected for vanilla sex, negotiation is an essential part of engaging in kink and slash BDS in play. Making sure that you discuss the details of your play beforehand is very important, as many of the things we play with, either physically or mentally, can pose potential risks to you or your partner and her partners if not carried out mindfully. Negotiation is essential for setting up boundaries, expressing desires, and shaping the way you want your kink experiences to look. Good negotiation could also serve to deepen your connection with your partner and partners as you can share parts of yourself that you may normally not discuss anywhere else. Plus, it could be downright hot to hear your partner and their partners talk about all the things that turn them on and all dirty, depraved things they want you to do to them. Preparing for BDSM negotiation. If you're new to negotiating, it might be helpful to do a little work on your own before you talk to a partner and their partners. A great tool for pre-negotiation is a yes slash no slash maybe list, which is a big list of things that you do or do not want to do as well as that you might be interested in trying. These lists are a great way to organize all of your thoughts in one place. And if all the partners involved, fill one out individually for yourselves, so you can reference each other's list to see where your kinks align one of our favorites is by our friend Bex and it includes not only ideas for sex and play but also the types of language you may or may not want to be used as well as feelings that you may or may not want to play with and it should also include how you say words how you not say words what your gestures are and are not what your body language is and is not <laughs> Bringing a prepared list of ideas written out on paper to a negotiation is helpful, especially if you're anxious about forgetting things or just having to talk in general. Another thing you might want to do is make sure you have ample time allocated the first time you negotiate, preferably not in the first preferably not in the few minutes before your first scene. Setting aside a specific chunk of time to talk will help, as it can be easy to get lost in excitement or forget important information if you're planning to play soon. Good questions to ask while negotiating As far as practical negotiation goes We've gathered a list of specific questions to ask The first time we negotiate with a new partner What do you slash Don't you want to do in our scene? This is naturally the first question As you'll both want to know what kind of play you're interested in getting up to Take the time here to address your partner's Boundaries and limits when it comes to play Here you also can discuss What kind of toys you may want to use And whether or not you plan to engage in any sexual activity During the scene How do you want to feel? This is this one is a bit more specific where you can dig into the heart of how you want to feel during a scene. Some folks like to play in order to get into altered head spaces, sub or top space, puppy or little space, etc. And it can help to know both what your partner wants to feel and what gets them where and what gets them there. Some answers may look like, I want to feel pleasure. I want to feel humiliated. I want to feel cherished. I want to feel dirty and so on. Are there any physical conditions I should know about? that may affect our play. This question is also very important, especially if you're planning in any physically straining way. Make sure you discuss potentially injury or health issues that may be exacerbated during play, as well as any accommodation needs for disabilities and just accommodation needs in general for any kind of condition or circumstance or situation. This is especially important when playing with bondage as lots of rope or restricting materials may cause additional damage to already existing nerve problems. Are there any triggers or trauma responses that may come up during play? Asking about traumas can be a stressful topic, but you never have to divulge any more information than what's relevant to the scenes you plan to play out. It's important to let your partner know if there's anything you might play with that could potentially be triggering to you and how to navigate around those topics respectfully and safely and honestly. Many people seek out BDSM to play with ideas or themes related to past traumas in their lives and find it to be a very valuable healing tool, and that's totally okay. However, we always recommend waiting to play with these themes till you build a sufficient, trusting bond with a partner as revisiting are visiting them before... You are both ready could be potentially damaging. This goes for all partners involved too. Do you have any accommodation needs? There could be anything for making sure you have water around in case you get dry mouth to keep you sufficient pillows to prop you up while difficult bondage tied. This could be what particular lubricants you want to use or any other relevant practical information. And y'all could come up with creative accommodation needs. It could be more than just sexual, it could be um hmm, like a stress ball it could be a look of reassurance it could be stopping at any moment regardless of whether one has an orgasm or not or at the height of climax if you're uncomfortable we just stop And just talk to each other. Y'all can come up with creative accommodation needs as you talk to each other. Think about that. Think more than just sexual or BDSM. What should we do if something goes wrong? In the interest of being prepared, it's worthwhile to talk about what to do for any potential mishaps. These may be simple things like having a first aid kit and bandages if you're doing knife play or water if you're playing with fire, but it could also include what to do if any mental distress comes up. It's always better to have a plan and not need to use it than to have to figure it out in the heat of the moment. What are your safe words before you're seen? It's important to know the words or signals you can use in scene to pause or stop if you need to. Most public spaces go by the green, yellow, red signals, and there are tons of people who use these privately as well. Who use these privately as well. But you can make up any safe words that serve you. When you use either the stoplight system or your own, be sure to establish what these mean specifically, as in does yellow mean pausing check-in, or just stop doing that one thing you're doing and move on. So you're both on the same page. It may also be a good idea to arrange a nonverbal signal in case the bottom is gagged or if they are someone who has a hard time using words once they get into a certain headspace. Some examples are having the bottom hold something and drop it as a sign to stop, a quick double tap of the finger, or some other way of using hand signals. Make sure that during play you both have a way to communicate even when diff- even when conditions might make it difficult to do so. What do you need for aftercare? Aftercare is a good thing to go over before you get into play, so you can be ready to implement it afterward when you and slash or your partner may be in too much of an altered headspace to ask for it. Sometimes it's hard to know what we need ahead of time, and that's okay too. As a general rule, we suggest water and snacks posting to regain some energy, and many folks enjoy cuddling or soft blankets. Some people may not need or desire aftercare, but it's always good to ask and in- but it's always good to ask anyway. This goes for both the bottom and the top. So while negotiating, it may be helpful to keep a notepad or Google Doc on hand so you can record information, especially if you're playing with a partner that you like to continue playing with. It can serve as both a handy reference sheet as well as a living document for you to continue working on as you grow as partners and kingsters. Before we wrap up, here are the answers to a couple of the most common negotiation questions we get. Will negotiation make our play less hot? Wanna take the fun out of it? The, this question is something we have heard a lot. And honestly, to answer can depend from person to person. When it comes to us and other pervy kinksters we know, they're saying pervy is a form of sarcasm. There is no perversion. I just want to say that. Negotiation can actually be a big turn on almost like kinky foreplay, which I love to do. Uh, rolling out the details and starting to fantasize how our scenes might look can be really fun and good for building up anticipation. That said, some people feel that it could take some of the quote-unquote surprise out of play when you plan it out in detail. Fortunately, there are many ways to negotiate in with which you can keep some level of suspense while also talking about important things relating to safety and boundaries. you have to negotiate every time. When it comes to your first scene with someone, we will pretty much always say yes. Always say yes. But as things go on you develop a relationship with someone, you may come up with a shorthand or perhaps decide what things you want to do that you can give general blanket consent for. Every relationship is different. Every dynamic is different. So we can't whether or not... So we can't say whether or not you should negotiate every time, but you should absolutely consider negotiating as often as possible, especially when trying out new things. Even if you are new to the kink community, which I am, you have probably heard at least once that communication is key. We most certainly agree. That's my life I just have to pinpoint that I am into full body orgasms multi orgasms and full body exploration and multi forms of exploration so this is how I really think I should conclude uh (laughs) this episode y'all so Here is who I am. And this is what I love to do. I fully explore feet, eyes, armpits, back, breasts, buttocks, nose, hair, navel, bellies, hands, legs, lips, facial cheeks, dimples, testicles, penises, and pecs with My eyes, my fingers, my fingertips, my hands, my feet, my toes, my penis, and even my testicles. So, I love to fully pleasure feet eyes, armpits, backs, breasts, buttocks, noses, hair, navels, bellies, hands, legs, lips, facial cheeks, dimples, penises, uh, testicles, and pecs. I love to um, fully bodily explore um, Muscles and curves, and just lean features, and even heavy set thick features in every which way. I love to fully bodily explore in every which way, and that is the type of lover that I am. And I fully explore bodies with my taste, touch, sight. Hearing and feeling and smelling. That's the kind of lover I am. I'm that way when it comes to my future adult film career. And I'm that way when it comes to my off-camera personal sex life as well. Um... I love to fully explore, um, bodies with my tongues too, so, including lips as well, including my mouth as well. So I do have a foot fetish, an eye fetish, an armpit fetish, a backslash dorsum fetish, a breast fetish, a buttocks fetish, a nose fetish, a hair fetish, a navel slash belly button fetish, a belly slash stomach fetish, a hand fetish, a leg fetish, a lip fetish, a cheek fetish, a dimple fetish, a penis fetish, a testicles fetish, a pecs fetish, a muscles fetish, a curve, a curvaceous curves, uh fetish. And I have a lean body fetish, heavy sit, thick fetish. That's just me. So I explore all of my fetishes when it comes to my hands, when it comes to my lip, tongue, mouth, and obviously when it comes to my penis. I just have to say it. And um, I'm a person who. Loves to have experience, mutual sexual fantasies, relaxation, sexual arousal, heightened sensitivity with my partner and our partners. So, we love hitting erogenous zones and G spots and to have the big O. And I engage in body worship. I engage in full body worship, it's the practice of physically revering all of the parts of other adults' bodies. And it's usually done a submissive act in the context of BDSM. I even do that when there is no BDSM happening. That's what me and my partners do. Typically, con- typical kinds of body worship include worship of the penis, the vulva, the breast, the buttocks, and the muscles. That's absolutely me. I engage in full body worship. And I am proud of it. That's something I'm proud of. Mm. i do love face sitting face sitting, also known as queening or kinging is a sexual practice in which one partner sits on or cover the other allows is face typically to follow or force oral genital or oral anal contact ooh that's so hot for me in addition to oral genital or oral anal contact the position also leaves the bottom partners hands free to stimulate other erogenous zones Anus, nipples, etc. As beautiful examples. Those are also my realities. Mm. The top part may be facing in the direction this position. Ooh. It is common for this position to form part of BDSM involving dominance and submission, though this need not be the case. Well, it is for me. I love face sitting. And uh I do engage in muscle worship. I engage in worship of the curves and lean bodies and uh, heavy set thick bodies. But in this particular case, muscle worship, also known as stenoglagnia, is a form of body worship, which one participant, the worshiper, touches the muscles of another part of another participant, the dominant, in a sexually arousing manner. Their practice of muscle worship can involve various wrestling holds and lifts, as well as the rubbing, massaging, kissing, or licking of a dominant's body. Although muscle worship participants may be of any gender or sexual orientation, dominant also than a professional bodybuilder, fitness competitor, or wrestler is almost always an individual with either a large body size or high degree of visible muscle mass, while the worshiper is often, but not always, skinnier or smaller. Boot worship is the extreme adulation of boots and BDSM usually carried out while the footwear is being worn by the dominant partner. In relation to foot worship in a derivative way. Is that adulation may really be attributable to the proximity of the boots of their master slash mistress. It could be kissy looking someone's foot or boots. Nice. So I engage in boot worship and muscle worship. 100% on both. Proud of it. And. Um, dominatrix Dominatrices or fendom is a woman who takes a dominant role in BSM activities. dominatrix can be of any sexual orientation, but this does not necessarily limit the genders of her submissive partners. They are known for inflicting physical pain on the submissive subjects, but this is not done in every case. And you have consensual erotic and hum- humiliation. So I love dominatrices and consensual erotic humiliation. Oh, this is making me so hot right now. Yes, I love vulvas and clitorises as I do too. Uh, I will explore them as well. I just have to say it. And so, um... when it comes to sex, I must say this: I'm the type of person that, hey, Um... as long as there's no no genital ruination, no human waste, and no being and no being burned up badly. And no one is unnecessarily harmed or even killed. All fidelity deadly weapons. I am for all sex acts. I am for all sexual activities. I am for all sexual positions. Anal sex included. And I am for all things sex. Within law. Within reason.